Simmer Down Sports Talk, episode 30. We got a good one, folks. We're going to talk some college football because that is the hottest topic right now. It's not the NBA starting up. It's college football because of this absolute butchering, <laughs> at least in our opinion. Everybody agrees with that. Probably not Notre Dame fans and maybe not SEC homers, you know, because A&M kind of got left out um, and kind and understand so um but there's a lot of great headlines you know from last weekend around games Kayvon Thibodeau beat USC not Oregon it was Kayvon <laughs> Thibodeau and you know, Trey Sermon also beat Northwestern it was not Ohio State it was Trey Sermon let's just clarify that definitely and, wasn't Justin Trey Fields Sermon was like it was not Justin Fields I think Ohio State fans know that pretty well and I mean, it's good for Ohio State, right? Like, you found a way to win when your game was not being. Teams that can win in a variety of ways, I like those teams a lot more. I feel a lot better about those teams as championship contenders. But if Justin Fields struggling, like, keeps just going down this pattern of um, just struggles in big games, it's kind of hard to really buy his stock. I, his draft stock does not look good right now. And everybody that was saying, oh, he, he's going to challenge Trevor Lawrence for that number one pick. No, we, we never bought that on this pod. Um, he's not there yet. And t- t- we both want him to succeed. Like, you know, Zach Chandler. <laughs> we want Justin Fields to succeed. <laughs> Just, I want to make that clear. Uh, Finn and I, Finn's an Ohio State fan, in case you don't know. So, but that being said, Ohio State just isn't there yet, and but they're still in the playoff despite only playing six games. I mean, it's not even out of the, that was out of their control though with those COVID outbreaks and the other Big Ten schools. But um, anyways, and um, because this system is just not right. So, um, and uh, first things first though, let's get into our class. And again, I don't really like doing this. Um, I think you had to be here, and Finn, why don't you tell us who it is? Well, I actually don't necessarily agree with this clown of the week, but it's 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 Joel Klatt and his 16-team playoff. Uh, I think it's an interesting idea. I understood his logic behind it in some sense, where you know it, it does open up the playoff and the opportunity for teams that don't necessarily recruit as well you know, to have an opportunity to play for a national championship because his big argument was, we see the same six teams every single year get into the playoff or the same six teams, sorry, compete for a playoff. You know, you got Oregon, Ohio state, Oklahoma, you know, Alabama, Clemson, so on and so forth. But when you open it to 16 teams, you're, you know, you're giving opportunities to teams like coastal Carolina, BYU, you know, even teams such as Northwestern, Indiana, the opportunity to play for a playoff. So I, I see the logic. I just think a 16 team playoff, is a little too big, you know, knowing a football season. And I love when people try and compare, you know, the NCAA tournament to college football, because it's obvious that basketball is the type of sport where you can play a significantly amount, uh, number of more games versus football, which is, you know, a lot more of a high risk injury sport. I don't necessarily know if a 16 team playoff would work potentially when you think about how many games that would involve and how they would have to condense that into the season. Furthermore, I think it would definitely diminish the, level of competition it would diminish people's you know it would diminish teams you know desire to play you know top ranked teams at the beginning of the year 
So I, I don't know if 16 is the right number. I think that if you are, you could argue for eight or six, but I think this is more Jake in terms of his clown of the week. Cause I know he was pretty frustrated about this. I, I am like, this feels a lot like overkill. I think this is just an overreaction in a year where once again, there's no like amazing fourth team that is 100% deserving, but I think there was a right team to be, to put into the playoff I would have liked to see uh, Cincinnati and the committee being so biased um, and so far um, in favor of the power five versus the group of five and not giving the group of five a chance really sucks. And normally there's no group of five that really contends and stands a chance anyways. But this year, I think with the unique situations, conditions, and the way the season played out, the number of games being a big difference between some of these teams, I don't see I, I just – I think the four-team is – I think a four-team playoff is way more on the right path. I think that is better that – much better than a 16-team playoff, to say the least. But I do think we should expand um, only two more spots, and we're going to get to that in a bit. But Joel Klatt, I don't really see the argument here for 16 teams. Like 16, that is an extreme amount of teams. It's very absurd because it, it, it hurts the value of the regular season. These rivalry games – where everything matters, you know, this is like win or lose, like your season's done. You have no shot at a championship if you don't beat your rival. Like, that sucks. And um, if that if that goes away, and how do you even fit that into the, the seat? And especially these are college athletes. You have to – this isn't like a pro sport where, it, like, this should be their number one job, you know. Like, they still got to get through classes, finals week. We got finals week during – week like that's not great for these guys you know and like i don't even know how you would fit this extended playoff into already a large regular season that it goes from normally august the last week of august to you know all the way to what january like first second week of january so i don't know how that would even work but again i just think i don't think i think that's overkill for the sport and i get getting exposure to the little guys i'm i'm in total for that i think there should be better bowl games like shrink the number of bowl games and then you have a slightly expanded playoff to give that group of five a chance. I'm actually more in support of a, just a separate group of five playoff because that then you, you're giving these, these smaller schools like a legitimate thing to play for versus these meaningless bowl games where Cincinnati now gets to go play a Georgia team that has a bunch of opt outs, you know, more than not more likely than not, because they're not playing for a championship and these players already putting up good things on film that they don't need to go play another bowl game versus a group of five team. Like, I just I just think the system is not great right now, but I, in a 16-team playoff is just not the answer for me. And I really like Joe Clatt. We both really respect yeah. him. And, and he, th- this guy is like the voice of college football, the, the most respected voice of college football, but I don't agree with this at all. Well, yep, it's interesting. We'll see what they actually do in the next few years with it. But with that being said... I guess we'll go to our top four rankings or what we should we thought the top four rankings would be would be. Obviously, I think most people are pretty upset with the committee's decision. Um, just a clarification, I mean, I definitely was uh, the first the first uh, on Sunday when it first came out, I was pretty heated. I was pretty uh, aggressive on social media with my takes. Uh, got in a few fights with some sooner fans. Uh, Shout out Oklahoma fans. You guys might be the New Orleans Saints fan, uh, fans of college football. Maybe that's a generalization, but uh, certain fans cough there sooner, not really, you know, 
giving you a good name. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the more I think about it, I, I, I think that regardless of who this top, this fourth team was, I think that we would all agree that it probably wasn't going to be close anyways. Now, I think a lot of people, including myself, with that would say, okay, you know, because of that argument, you could argue that this is the year to give a team like Cincinnati a chance. That's my argument. That's and one of my main points. Yeah, I agree I with that. that. I, I really understand that argument. And so, you know, I, I released a rank of rankings um, uh, after the conference. The, the, rank, the, rank the rank of rankings are sick, though. The, the, after number four, it's a joke. So anyway, <laughs> hey, bro, San Jose okay. State. Watch out for San Jose State. <laughs> watch out for a new Spartan. Yeah, seriously. Um, but about to get overtaken. My my top four. The more I've thought about it, the more I've you know decompressed about the whole situation. You know, I have Bama at number one. I think it's clear that Bama's the best team in the country right now. I, I think the SEC is just leagues ahead of any other conference in college football. I think there's the most NFL talent there. I think uh, what Kellamon tweeted out was, you know, right on the money with, you know, basically any team, you know, that's mediocre in the SEC, like you take an old Miss. I mean, you even take a, God, I mean, I don't even know who else you could take there. I mean, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, I mean, really anybody in that conference, even Kentucky for God's sake, Tennessee, another one. I think if you put them in an ACC, you put them in a Pac-12, you put them in a in a, even a Big Ten, I think you definitely see them play a lot better and maybe even win the conference. Um, I mean, I know that's very theoretical, but I think that that's possible just because of how talented the SEC is. So because of that, I have Bama at one. Uh, I, I thought the SEC championship, championship game was the best game of the weekend by far. Uh, I, I think that Florida proved that they're definitely a top 10 team, even though they have three losses. And I think Kyle Trask asserted himself as a better QB than Mac Jones, simply for the fact that he was keeping up with the Bama team that had significantly more talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, at two, I have Clemson. I think Clemson showed that they're clearly a different team with Trevor Lawrence and they completely manhandled Notre Dame. And I'll get to Notre Dame more when I talk about my fourth spot and three spot team. But Clemson, obviously, at number two, I think that they've demonstrated that. I think their one loss against Notre Dame away from home in overtime without Lawrence really was obviously – they took a mulligan, and they obviously whooped them when they did. Um, and then at number three, I have Texas A&M. And I have Texas A&M at number three because the more I've thought about it, I'd love to have Cincy in this playoff. But I think – when I think of it from a committee perspective and if I was on the committee – my whole argument with an issue with Notre Dame in the top four is that what was the point of playing the conference championship? If you're going to have Notre Dame and Clemson in the same, in the playoff, there was no point to it. There was absolutely no point. So I think with that being said, the next best team you can take is Texas A&M. And that's because they lost to Alabama early in the season. It was not that close of a game. Alabama definitely played well. But it was an early season loss. And I think that Texas A&M, I believe they've won eight in a row since then. Kellen Mond has been playing well enough for this team to be competitive. And I think as we saw, it, Florida kept it competitive with Alabama. And if Florida can keep it competitive with Alabama, I think Texas A&M could too. And I think it would have been interesting, and I think it would have been deserved for Texas A&M to get another shot at Alabama. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So Florida was able to demonstrate that they were – able to go almost toe-to-toe with Alabama. They didn't quite pull it out, obviously, because of the turnovers and some other mistakes they made. 
but they, they kept it really close, much closer to Texas A&M. And we already saw that game earlier in the season. And you're telling me Texas A&M really deserves to be in this playoff. And they were more convincing to you down the stretch than Ohio State. Yeah, I, I believe that Ohio State, for me, is at the number four spot for a few reasons. The first one being that they had essentially the Big Ten championship handed to them. Uh, I think we all know that, you know, the Big Ten, first of all, their whole canceling the season in the beginning and then, you know, re, it, restating that they were going to have a season and then that you needed six wins to get to the Big Ten championship. So, you know, at the beginning of the year, we had Wisconsin, who a lot of people thought was pretty good and ended up not being true. But a lot of people were like, oh, they might not be able to play in the Big Ten championship because they won't be able to get to, you know, six games. And then when Ohio State went undefeated, they completely reversed that. And they were like, oh, no, now Ohio State can play in the Big Ten championship because, you know, they knew that they needed to get a team into the playoff. And that only team was going to be Ohio State because everyone else in the Big Ten decided to be complete crap this year. So... That, I think, alone is a reason why this team should be at number four. I just don't think they played enough games. And when you look at other teams in college football that played at least nine or ten games, I think that you need to have – that needs to be weighed a little bit. Uh, and this was not my original thought at first. I really had Ohio State at three in my original rankings immediately after they released the playoff. Um, and I understand why a lot of people uh, on Instagram and social media were pissed about Ohio State making the playoff. But I think we all kind of know it is what it is. We knew they were going to make it. You know, we knew that they kept it close against Clemson last year. So it, it was kind of the one where, yeah, a lot of people disagreed with, but it was probably going to evidently happen. And two, I, I just don't necessarily think that they played as well as they should have or up to their potential the entire season. I mean, this is a team that played, I believe, three games against losing record teams in, in uh, Penn State, uh, Michigan State, and I'm blanking on the other, but – I think that also has to take into factor. And the, my last statement on it is that I just think in this Big Ten championship, Justin Fields proved that he needs to go back to school for a year. I think it's, it's, it's rough to see him regress the way he did. And in his defense, not having his best receiver definitely hurt him. In his defense throughout the season, you know, he hasn't had a lot of games. He hasn't had as many games as guys like Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, and even Trevor Lawrence to prove himself, uh, which definitely doesn't help. You know, the, the, the kind of sporadic schedule they had, I think, definitely hurts him as well in preparing for games. And again, I think not having Olave in that big championship game cannot be understated. He is the most important player on that offense. offense. And again, shout out to Trey Sermon for winning that game for them. I don't know where he came from, but they needed that. But his inability to, to see anything outside of his first read, his inability to stop making mistakes that will he will get severely punished for at the NFL level, and he's already getting punished for in college football. I think this is all the evidence to show that this guy is significantly talented, has a lot of interesting physical attributes, but is still very raw. And he does not have the NFL decision-making ability that I see in guys like Kyle Trask, that I see in guys like Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and even Mac Jones. So for those reasons, I have Ohio State at four. I think Texas A&M at three would have been interesting. Now, this is how I would have had it, but I believe that the committee obviously would have had Ohio State at three and then Texas A&M at four. And I, can, I, can, I completely understand that and agree with that too if they were to have done that because I think A&M deserved a shot at Bama. And then lastly on Cincy, I love the Cincy team. I think it's great. I think that they should have had it in – if it was an expanded playoff, they would have had a shot and they deserved a shot. But as I stated before and as I talked with Jake off the pod as well, I – 
stated that I needed Cincy, and I'm on record for saying it, that I needed Cincy to manhandle um, Tulsa. I wanted to see them go out there and win by two, three touchdowns. And I get the argument they haven't played a, a lot of games and didn't play a game essentially all November. But that being said, if they wanted to make a statement that they should have made the playoff, they should have not won by a field goal against Tulsa. It, it was uh, a, actually a, a game-winning field goal as time expired. So the exact yes. opposite of domination happened. No, yeah, exactly. And I think with that, you know, again, I love Cincy. I think everybody wishes that they had the opportunity. And I think maybe next year they will if they continue to play and Desmond Ritter comes back. But they needed to win that game by a lot. They needed to show that they can manhandle everybody in the American Conference, and they didn't. And the committee obviously is sending a message that teams like Cincy, teams like even Coastal Carolina, you know, teams like BYU, they have to schedule big boy opponents if they want to make the playoff. And I understand that logic. But at the same time, I do think that there was no reason for Notre Dame to be in the playoff. This is a team that beat Louisville by only six points. Or sorry, five points. And it, that demonstrates their defense is good, but this is a Louisville team that also went one and four and was a bottom feeder in the ACC. Yeah, they, that that win did not age well because Louisville like massively regressed after that. Yeah, and again, I I think the offense is completely limited. I think Brian Kelly turns into Adam Gase when you know the games matter. I mean, the play calling was just atrocious against Clemson. There yeah. was no shots downfield. There was nothing aggressive about that play calling. And it's frustrating because I do actually respect Notre Dame. I'm a fan of Ian Book. I think there's talent there. I think it's an interesting roster. I liked watching them play all year. I wanted them to beat Clemson to assert themselves in the playoff. But I don't understand how you take a Clemson team, sorry, a Notre Dame team that got smacked in the ACC championship over an A&M team that lost by I think even less, or at least put up more points against Alabama earlier in the year and then won eight in a row. It, that's my spill. That's my issue with the playoff. I really don't think it's going to matter in the end. I think we're probably going to have a Bama-Clemson championship unless Dabo Sweeney ranking Ohio State at 11th serves as a complete you know jinxing of their you know chances in that game. But yeah, it, it's frustrating, but I think everybody kind of expected this. Um, yeah, Notre Dame, like... As soon as Clemson scored their first touchdown, the game was not competitive. Like it, it was literally all Clemson after that. Like, and they won by what three possessions? And um, could yeah, have been more too. Could it, have been more. It could have easily been more. Like Clemson could have easily dropped a fifty bomb, but they didn't need to. Like, and it's just not smart to run up the score. Like, there's no respect, and you don't want to get somebody injured that you don't necessarily have to going into the playoff, where you're going to play guaranteed two more games because it's Clemson. So. Um, do you have a the rest of your top 10 um, or is that it just your, your four teams? I mean, I, I don't know if it's necessary at this point to do a top 10 per se. Who was five, six for you? Who was just five, six, five, six. I think Cincinnati at five. I think okay. you have to, I think that they are undefeated and they're a little bit like the TCU or UCF of the past. And I, that sucks. And I want them there, but they didn't do enough for me in the championship game. Um, and then, at six, I've been getting a lot of heat for saying Oklahoma does not to be deserved at six. I want to make a disclaimer to Oklahoma fans that I think your team is good and I think that you're a year away. But to argue that you should be in the playoff, let alone even be number six, when you had two losses, one of those losses being to an Iowa State team that you then beat, but also an Iowa State team that lost to the Raising Cajuns earlier in the year, who then 
got beat by Coastal Carolina. I don't understand. I know that like people are going to hate that. I know that they're not going to say that that's logical, but I just don't understand how you put that team at, at, at six. I, I don't get it. I think for me, I would love to put Coastal Carolina at six. I think they did enough to show that they're clearly a top 10 team. Um, but clearly, I think, clearly a top 10 team. That's, that's a hot take in itself. I, I don't think so. I think this team has a solid defense. I think they showed, again, if the committee thinks that BYU is a top 20 team in – Coastal Carolina is beating them. That should clearly state something to us. I mean, well, the game was close. It's not like Coastal Carolina. the game was the game was close. The game was close, but I I don't think that's a disrespect to either team. I think both teams are fantastic teams that deserve to be in the top twenty. So, so you think Coastal Carolina would beat Georgia? Is that what you're saying? I think again, I have Coastal Carolina as a top ten team. I would like I would love to have them at six. I think in the end, I at six. I think it's really a toss up between. If we're going to base it not off wins, I would say Florida. I think they kept it really close with Alabama, and I was really impressed with that performance. I think that performance alone should have Kyle Trask at least at the number two spot in the Heisman voting. And I, I think, again, Oklahoma got hot. I think they're a top 10 team as well. But, I mean, I would lo- – see, again, this is where my frustration with the ball games is, right, is that, one, Indiana got screwed. And Indiana's one loss was to Ohio State. And, yeah, they had their quarterback go down. But yeah, they're like, also a top ten team, in my opinion. No, you could well, throw Indiana at six if you, you, you want. know. You know that they are not even close to the same team without Michael Penix Jr. Like yeah, Michael yeah. Penix Jr. was playing really well yeah. for them. But if we're going based off record, I think you can throw Indiana at six. I think you can throw Georgia at six. I think we clearly see that this is a different team with JT Daniels, and this is a team that can certainly compete and should compete for an SEC championship next year. Florida is going to be decimated. Alabama is going to be decimated. This is a team that's basically, in my opinion, this is the next year's the SEC championship for them to lose. And that's the same thing with me with Oklahoma is that, again, I got a lot of heat for saying I wasn't watching Oklahoma's defense in the Big 12. I'm sorry. I don't care if Oklahoma's defense lets, you know, Kansas put up only nine points. And, you know, even Oklahoma State put up 13. I mean, that was a good performance. But this is against the big. This is against Big Twelve teams, and in my opinion, the Big Twelve is not the same conference that it once was. And I think Oklahoma is a little bit in a position where they're a very, very good team in a really bad conference. And the conference for me has done nothing but regress over the last few years. Well, you kind of hey, you kind of had Iowa State highly ranked. You had them over Oklahoma. And they I, I like Iowa them. State. I like Iowa State. I like Oklahoma. Again, those are two solid teams, but again, they had bad losses. No, that's so I, Yeah, two losses, I, you shouldn't be considered in the playoff. If you no, you should not. You yeah, should not. I, I, I think anybody that says that the, the Oklahoma should have been in the playoff is wrong. I think, again, I respect Oklahoma. I think Rattler is definitely – Spencer Rattler is definitely going to be a Heisman candidate next year. And, again, they're a year away. But even then, I, I still don't think they can compete with the big boys. I think if they play an SEC team, if they play even a Big Ten team, they're going to get smacked because they don't play consistently decent defenses throughout the season. And that's the other thing with Ohio State, too, that people forget, is that, one, they had a lot of players out against Northwestern. And, two, Northwestern's is a top-five defense in the country. They have the second-best red zone defense in the country. They have a cornerback that's a freshman that was leading the the NCAA in interceptions in six. I I think that can't be understated. But if I was going to sum it up, I think in the end I would probably have Georgia at six. Um I mean, honestly, I probably would have Notre Dame at six, maybe, and then Georgia at seven. I thought you had Coastal at six. What what happened there? I would not. Again, I would love to put Coastal at six, but I know oh, reality. So now you're going back. Just make a decision, <laughs> I, man. I know. I know reality shouts that if I had it 
if I had it based off how I would want to have it, I think that you can make the argument that Notre Dame drops to six. You have Coastal at seven or tied with Georgia at seven at least, and you can flip-flop those two. And then I think nine, ten, I think you can make the argument for Florida. I think, honestly, Florida deserves to probably be at six for their competition against Bama. But, again, three losses, you have to take that into account. Um, and then I think Oklahoma, obviously, is the number 10 team. Uh, again, I like Oklahoma. I really like their offense. I like what they're doing there. I mean, it's always going to be good, but they have the luck of being in a really, really bad conference. And anybody that says that outside of the SEC, every Power Five did not regress this year is wrong. Every single Power Five conference regressed. I mean, I think we both agree that the the Pac-12 I think not even be a power five. I think the ACC because it was so bad last year. You know, I think yeah. Sorry, the ACC. To be fair, yeah, you're right. That's fair. The ACC definitely did better than I thought. That's the only one. Every everybody else not so good. Okay, let me let me get into my top ten here. And you know what? Here's a little interesting tidbit for you. If you just threw out the resume, let's throw it out. Okay, we're gonna go from the games down the stretch, and you went from a clear just eye test standpoint. You could argue the playoff should be. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and Florida. You could argue that. But that that's what just throwing out the resume, okay? And there's a lot of NFL talent on those teams. Florida and Georgia were playing really good ball down the stretch, you know, the exception being Florida losing to LSU. And you know what? I can't, I can't believe that even happened. But they that is a lot of NFL talent. Trask to Pitts and Tony, that's, that's a great combo. Um, and that, that gave Alabama some problems. So – uh, but that that's not going to happen because the, res- the the wins and losses do matter, of course they do, and um, that that just wouldn't happen because Florida lost three games. Um, Georgia was kind of you know hanging out around there. That was a little interesting, but yeah, they they weren't going to get with two losses. That would have been weird. And I hate to be an SEC homer, but from like a just strictly eye test standpoint, no resume, I think that's very possible. So, um, but that being said, let me get in my top ten. So I got Bama one, Clemson two, Ohio State three, Cincinnati four. And then five six for me is Texas A&M at five, Georgia at six, and then rounding out my top ten, I have Oklahoma at seven, Notre Dame at eight, and then at number nine, Florida because they're definitely a top ten team. Um, it's just unfortunate that they lost the way they did those a couple of those games, and um, that's why I got them at nine. And then Iowa State at ten, and then Iowa they're playing some really good football down the stretch. Um, after they were losing the, after losing their first two games, they won out, and you know they ran the ball, controlled the clock. Uh, great physical defense. Um, you know, respect to Iowa. They were Ohio bright- State's lucky they didn't have to play them. Yeah, they were one of the few bright spots in that Big Ten uh, conference. And yeah, I, Ohio State's got, yeah, they, they might be a little bit lucky that they didn't have to face them. And then um, Coastal Carolina as well. Shout out to them. I I have a tough time putting them in my top ten. Honestly, um, I hate to say it, but I yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I think that they're again they're a solid team. They were an unbelievable team to watch. My biggest thing at the end of it was not giving Coastal Carolina New York six New York sick ball. That really did disappoint me. I would have loved to see Oklahoma play Coastal Carolina. I think that would have been a fantastic game. And again, this is what bothers me about the committee is that they're not even willing to give a team like Coastal Carolina the opportunity in a ball game to play a good team. Like why why are we seeing Oregon I get the whole conference, the way it works, I get all that. But why are we seeing Oregon play Northwestern yeah. or Indiana. It's, it's about the brand. Whatever way it it's is. It's about the brand. Oregon sells. Yeah. They got the uniforms. It's like Ohio State being number three in the playoff. It's just that the brand, they sell tickets. 
That's why Notre Dame snuck in. They sell tickets. There's probably some serious Notre Dame fans in that committee deep down in there somewhere. And um, that's just the way it turned out. Well, yeah, and, and I, I, I get that. And it's unfortunate that that's still the way the committee thinks. I think that that demonstrates that there's a need for this committee to go away and there needs to be a new system that's in place. I mean, I honestly think that keeping the AP poll system would not ne- – like or the coaches poll and having the coaches poll decide the playoff would not necessarily be a bad idea, especially if they expanded it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think if you put Coastal Carolina against Oklahoma, that's a really interesting game because that's a team like Oklahoma – where, yeah, a lot of Oklahoma fans are going to argue their defense is good, and I'm sure that they would probably limit Coast Carolina, obviously. But Coast Carolina also has a really solid defense that limited one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Zach Wilson. And I think that would have been an interesting matchup to watch, and I think it would have been a lot closer than people think. I think it would be definitely a, a very, very fascinating game. And what if Coast Carolina wins? And, you know, they're still a young team. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're, they're starting quarterbacks, only a freshman or sophomore. You know, that gives the momentum for next year, you know, not only speaking of next year, but for the program, for recruiting, you know, and then some. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely was a little bit disappointed in the New York Six matches. I don't think I'll be watching a lot of them. Uh, it, it just – I think this year proved that the committee is just not a good system. I don't like the idea that there's a, a group of people. I mean, it's very similar to anybody that follows finance. It's very similar to OPEC where it's, you know, you're never, you're told to never really invest in oil now because it's just, you know, decided in a room, you know, somewhere in Saudi Arabia or Russia where, you know, a group of people are deciding the price of oil, no matter what value it really is at. And I think that you can make the same, a similar comparison to college football where there's just a group of people in a room, they were showing it all day and they're just deciding who gets to get in. There's no, and there's no respect given to programs like Cincinnati, to programs like Coastal Carolina, and even to programs like Texas and, A&M. And the thing they don't, is, even, have to, go they ahead, don't yeah. even have to explain themselves. That's the sad part. The, that's the best part too, is they don't. And it's so disappointing because in the end, it doesn't matter about the fans. It doesn't matter about the media. It doesn't matter about the money. It should matter about the players. And I feel bad for teams like Cincinnati, and for teams like Coastal Carolina and for teams like Texas A&M that play their ass off, work their ass off all year long during the most difficult football season that maybe has ever existed through this pandemic, and they just get screwed over, and they get no explanation why. And I think that this shows that there is at least a need to expand the playoff to six teams. I I mean, you see, if you can make the argument that the NFL season – can have a bigger playoff. I think you can do the same thing for college. And I, I think, again, if you make it eight teams, you can have the ability even for Oklahoma fans to slip in. Yeah. And then we're talking about Oklahoma getting an opportunity to play for a playoff, and then I don't have to sit on Instagram and explain to Oklahoma teams why their team shouldn't be in the playoff as a two-loss team. <laughs> and then teams like even Florida maybe get a shot. Or, you know, even then we can all, then it can allow everyone else to be happy, right? Because then we're not sitting here talking about why, you know, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, and Cincinnati are fighting for that last four spot and who we think it'd be. Obviously, I think most people would think it would be between Texas A&M and Cincinnati. But in a six or 18 playoff, it does ease that controversy a lot more. Okay. Let's talk about Cincinnati for a second, okay? And... Look, so it seemed like the, the the Red Sea was kind of breaking for them 
and then last minute they can't get Tulsa scheduled, and then their regular season matchup gets canceled, but then they're still going to face them in the conference championship. So then it's a month. They're a month removed from playing their last game in November. They didn't play another game till late December, which looks terrible. I mean, it's just like how you have no rhythm. Like you're totally out of the rhythm out of, after all that momentum playing almost a full regular season schedule, and then they go play Tulsa and they only win by a game winning field goal. So um, that that really sucks for Cincinnati that they didn't get to dominate Tulsa and make a more convincing argument to the committee. But I think they should have been the fourth team in the playoff because I think there's a greater case for Notre Dame to not be in the playoff than getting the fourth spot because it wasn't competitive against Clemson. It, it was a three-possession uh, loss. You know, Clemson just absolutely blew their doors off, and they did exactly what <laughs> they were they wanted to do to Notre Dame. And their, their best win is against North, basically against North Carolina because if you take away – that the the win against a depleted Clemson team in South Bend on their home turf, like so many things working for Notre Dame, key defensive starters were out for Clemson, not to mention, of course, obviously Trevor Lawrence not being in that game. I mean, I don't know how you can argue for Notre Dame. Their best win is against a three-loss North Carolina team. That's their best win if you take away the Clemson win. And it, that's not really much of a win in my opinion. A&M's is over Florida. And – a&M, Texas A&M, they already lost to Alabama, and it wasn't competitive. Again, another three-possession loss. And I don't understand, like, especially down the stretch from an eye test standpoint where the eye mattered more in this year than any, any other year, how can you look at Texas A&M and be impressed? How can you be convinced by the way they played down the stretch that you're beating Tennessee 31-13, to 13, really? Is that is that seriously, like, that's good enough? I mean, it, it was kind of like that for a lot of their games. They barely beat Auburn. If it wasn't for a, a – a, there was a Kellen Mond touchdown pass late in the game where it went through an Auburn defender's hands into an A&M player's for a touchdown. And I think at that point it made it like 28-20. to 20, And that was like the big touchdown that kind of sealed it for A&M. If Kellen Mond throws a pick there, maybe that game goes the other way for Auburn. I don't know. And – the Florida game, even their best win against Florida, that came down to whoever got the ball last. And Florida had the ball last, and their backup running back fumbled. So then Texas A&M got it. They were able to run out the clock and kick the, the field goal basically as time expired. So I, I'm not convinced. I'm not that impressed with Texas, Texas A&M. I'm sorry. And I don't think they even had the wide receiver talent in the passing game, the consistency in the passing game, to really compete with the likes of Alabama or Clemson and whoever you th- – put it at the three spot, uh, Ohio State, whatever. I don't, I don't really think A&M was there. And um, so then you move on to Cincinnati. If determining the fourth team is such a crapshoot anyways, why not just give the group of five their shot this year? And with a potential first-round quarterback and a good coach who has the program on track, I, I just don't understand it. This is a balanced team, too. It's not like Cincinnati was all Desmond Ritter. They, they had a good defense. They, they got some guys that are going to get drafted on defense. And I mean, their last loss was against Ohio State last year, I uh, believe. Yeah, Desmond Ritter's grown a lot since then. I mean, and he's got an NFL skill set. I just don't understand. Like, that would have been great exposure for Desmond Ritter um, and Cincinnati. That would have been great for their recruiting. It, I mean, then the group of five, maybe they, they get some momentum going forward with the American. And the American's obviously the best group of five conference in football. So, um, it, it's just I don't understand. Like, why not just give it to Cincinnati and then if they if Cincinnati gets their doors blown off, you know, um, Bama gives them the business, then you, then that's your argument for never putting a group of five team 
in again for a while because Cincinnati was is this is the best the group of five is probably going to be for a the next like four five years and if this is this team can't get it done when they play more games than some other teams I mean who else else can? can exactly and to clarify too it's it's you know the argument that I stated earlier of the you know the committee saying you know this is a statement that you know these teams need to play better tougher opponents and play some big boys it's like well this year they couldn't do that you know, there was no there. There was extremely limited limited interconference play. So, I think again, I think at that fourth spot, you can make the argument for Cincy and A and M interchangeably. I think you can even make the argument that both of those teams should have been over Ohio State. So, uh, you know, I I think at the end of the day, everybody agrees that Notre Dame was the wrong choice, and unfortunately, we'll we'll, we'll never know whether or not A and M or Cincy could have kept it close with uh, with Alabama. But I think. At least for my predictions for the playoff, I have Bama smacking Notre Dame in the mouth. I, I don't even think Notre Dame will put up. I, I don't think Notre Dame will put up twenty points. Uh, and then I think Clemson, Ohio State. I think Clemson will win, but I think Dabo ranking Ohio State at eleventh in his last AP poll was kind of dumb because it's giving an Ohio State team that already had a lot of hey, players hey, out wait, 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 more wait. momentum. Doesn't he kind of have the right to do that after they beat Ohio State? He has the right. No, he has the full right to do it. But I'm just saying I don't know if that's a good idea when you know you're going to play that team. And, again, this is an Ohio State team that lost to Clemson last year by a touchdown. And there was a lot of garbage in that game where a lot of, and again, I'm not going to say ref ball is the reason Ohio State lost. They had a lead and they, they, you know, they stalled in the third quarter, but they had that catch by T Higgins that was ruled incomplete, which should have been a fumble for a touchdown. They had the hit on Trevor Lawrence by Sean Wade that was ruled of idiotic, you know, uh, targeting call. There's a lot of reasons for Ohio State to be pissed about losing to Clemson and feeling like they were screwed over. And there's a lot of reasons for Ohio State to be sitting here going, we haven't been at full strength. And there's a lot of reasons for Justin Field to be saying, I haven't been the guy that I need to be. I need to step my game up. And I want him to see him do that because I think he has the potential to, and he definitely needs to if he wants to still be a top, you know, even a first-round pick, in my opinion, in the draft. And I don't know if Dabo needed to give Ohio State that extra motivation. You know what? Maybe not. Um, but then again, am I scared of Ryan Day and Justin Fields in big games? No. So I think uh, Dabo, I, I don't care. You know, do whatever you want. I, again, it's not, it's not, it's irrelevant to the idea. I think it's just an interesting thing to do before you play a team. Um, and again, Ohio State, if, if any Ohio State fans or any Ohio State players somehow are listening to this, you, you should think of this as, as, posi- as a positive you know, situation. You're getting looked at as a complete underdog in this situation. Nobody is expecting you to win this game. Use that to your advantage. Okay, and um, thank you, Ohio State fan. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, th- yeah. I, I have hope, but I do think in the end Clemson will win, but I think it's going to be closer than people okay, expect. Okay, so uh, that being said, here's my plan for how to fix college football. I, I really think this absolutely fixes everything. And if you, if you don't just give the group of five their own playoff, you know, and Cincinnati competes for their group of five championship. That'd be cool. That'd be cool to watch because it gives them more meaning to the, those for those group of five programs to have that kind of thing. Um, but let's assume the committee doesn't change their thought process with this. Um, this is how I would fix college football right now. So first of all, the number one thing I would do, and this fixes a lot of things. This might, this almost fixes it completely. 
I would eliminate the divisions in all conferences because now you would get, so this year, for example, you would have Alabama playing Texas A&M. So you have the two best teams in the SEC actually, um, well, by ranking standards, those two teams are playing for the SEC championship and that, so Bama, let's say they take care of business against A&M again, that completely knocks A&M out of the playoff conversation. It makes the playoff picture a lot clearer and there's less debate and there's less resistance when the committee inevitably puts out their terrible playoff. So um, eliminating divisions in all conferences, that needs to happen, okay? Number two, to really ensure that the group of five gets a legitimate look at the playoff, I would expand the playoff to six, and you take the top five conference champions and then the best at-large team, um, and those are your six teams. Uh, and the, these teams, I think they can be, they should be ranked in any order the committee sees best fit, as long as you get whoever you think that the five best conference champions are, and then would, when it, wherever that at large team fits in. So, because the SEC always has two good teams at least every year, and so if they have a really good one loss team, like let's say if Florida had made it like kind of unscathed all the way to the end, they lose to Bama, still they're still a playoff team. Then if they're a one loss team, so Bam, Florida would be in that playoff mix. Um, and then you like this year you would have USC and Cincinnati, like as the fifth best conference champ, who do you think the committee is going to take? The committee would be taking Cincinnati based off these rankings and USC was not convincing. So again, I think you expand the playoff to six, you take the top five conference champs and then the best at large. I think that would ensure that everything is fixed. Everybody gets a legitimate chance. And then that being said, the top two teams, would get a first round by this year it'd be Alabama and Clemson and rightfully so. Cause those are the, the really only two contenders in my eyes um, based from what I've seen on the rest of the teams this season. And that's how, how it would have looked this year with this format. It would have been Alabama one Clemson two, Ohio state three, number four, Texas A&M, maybe Texas A&M leapfrogs Ohio state. But um, for this sake, they, uh, the committee obviously had Ohio state higher in the rankings. So Texas A&M is at four. And then Oklahoma at five, Cincinnati at six. So there you go. Cincinnati gets in because they're a conference champ. And the, the American conference champ was definitely better this year than the Pac-12 champ, Oregon. So <laughs> they weren't even supposed um, to Oregon be in the Oregon wasn't even supposed to be in the championship. And they... <laughs> shout out to USC, by so, the way, shout man. Shout out to Oregon, honestly, for going in there and taking it. Like, I respect to them. I mean, look, it, that's res- – well, Cave on Thibodeau for oh, taking Thibodeau, it. But, sorry, Cave on uh, Thibodeau, respect. Yeah, I mean, that's respect in the sense that, I mean, USC, man, I don't even know where to get started with USC. I mean, I don't even need to get started where the Pac-12 is. I mean, everybody knows that listens to this podcast that I just think the Pac-12 is just, is just a joke. But, yeah, it, it's clear. I, I agree with that system. I even think you could te- uh, potentially expand it to eight, but I do agree that moving it to six would probably be something the committee would be more interested in doing. And I think that that's the best way of going. About yeah. It. So that, there you go. That completely fixes college football. And I think that is, that is a too smart of a system for the committee to consider. Um, they are just not on that, on my level of thinking. So, um, and they don't feel as passionate about college football as I do. So, um, and you can, you can tell cause they put Notre Dame in there for the money. So um, thank you. College football playoff committee, but, at, their, at Cincinnati's expense, we are getting great ideas by uh, local podcasters like us. So uh, there, there you go. Okay, let's talk about the height. Support small businesses. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the theme of 2020. Uh, that's the concept. Um, okay, let's talk about the Heisman uh, race here. And I, I honestly don't know who's going to even win this. And obviously by right the Heisman, whoever decides the Heisman, I don't even know who does. 
what what whoever that um, committee is, I hate the word committee now because the playoff committee just ruined it. Uh, <laughs> I, I need yeah. like something else. Um, whoever the assembly is that determines the the voters that determine the Heisman, um, with their thought process in recent years, it seems like Devonte Smith would be the clear cut winner, right? Like that's what it feels like. Um, but I would disagree. You don't think that Devonte Smith, with the Heisman standards being a lot of well, stats related. Uh- I believe that Devontae Smith is the clear-cut Heisman winner. Uh, there's never been a receiver since Desmond Howard that's put up the numbers he has. He leads, he leads the NCAA in receiving. He, he leads the NCAA in uh, – or he's second, sorry, in touchdowns. He's first in receptions by 10. He leads In receiving, he leads by over 300 yards. And he's been the most impactful player for the best team in college football this year. But we know the NCAA loves their – the Heisman Committee, sorry, or Assembly, loves their quarterbacks. And if they're going to go the quarterback route, which they essentially have for for the last, you know, 10 years, disregarding maybe a few running backs here and there, I think Kyle Trask deserves it. But I believe that they'll end up giving it to a QB. If they give it to Mac Jones, I'll be disappointed because it was clear that he wasn't even the best player on his own team. But in my opinion, it should be Devontae Smith. But knowing the committee, I think they'll pick a so, quarterback. Oh, so you think the committee is going to do – going to pick Kyle Trask, but you think it should be Devontae Smith? I think it's... I, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked Trevor Lawrence, but, I mean, I think it should be... I think Devontae Smith is by far the best player in college football and should win it, but we know the bias towards quarterbacks, so it's probably going to be a quarterback, and I would say it's a toss-up between those three, and if I had to pick one, it would be Kyle, Ch- Kyle yeah. Trask. You know, well, with the the kind of the basic formula they have, it's it's like two thirds stats or like maybe three quarter stats, and then the other twenty five percent is like winning. You have to be like you pretty much have to be playing for a playoff team to get this award, right? Um, yeah. So that being said, I I feel like it should be Devontae Smith because he's been the most consistent in Bama's wins, and I I think he maybe has had a game or two where he didn't have a touchdown. But like Mac Jones, there's been game. There's I think there were two games where he even threw a touchdown pass and damn, still won because of Najee Harris. And Najee Harris, he's played phenomenal. I think he's the best running back in college football, and I think he's the best running back prospect for this upcoming draft. But they didn't win enough games, I think, because of him. It was there. There was still plenty of Mac, the Mac Jones air raid show with uh, Jalen Waddle when he was still playing and Devontae Smith. So um, Devontae Smith, you know, that's why the the stats is kind of the edge here. I think with the, with the Heisman voters, and I would I would think they would go with Devontae Smith, but I wouldn't be surprised if this dark horse candidate kind of came out came back after um, originally being everybody's number one shoe in pick for the Heisman, and then kind of falling off because he didn't get to play for like what a month with because of the COVID, and then Clemson didn't have games, yeah. and then the you know like the Florida State cancellation. So Trevor Lawrence, I would not be surprised if the Heisman went to Trevor Lawrence because the Heisman is a brand. And if you can't be a star in commercials in your NFL career later on, I, it's very difficult for the Heisman voters to award you this prestigious award. So I wouldn't be surprised. It's so dumb uh, if that's their if that's their logic, though. But it sort of is it, in a weird it kind way. Of is. It's it's about the brand a little bit. So I and I don't know. Kyle Trask doesn't have the personality, um, or necessarily quite like the story or the flash that. Or, or the, the hair. hair, you know, that Trevor Lawrence has. And Trevor Lawrence, that hair is going to be a big part of the brand <laughs> going forward. So, and Trevor, like Trevor Lawrence emerged on the scene, you know, immediately sauces up Alabama as a freshman. That would be unheard of 
that's that's absolutely unheard of and he's the only freshman to ever do that um so like trevor yeah it seems i wouldn't be surprised after he just took care of business against notre dame if trevor lawrence got it now i kind of feel like this award should go to kyle trask because it's not his fault florida's defense couldn't get couldn't buy a stop against a&m or stop A&M, throwing shoes lsu <laughs> or uh Alabama in the championship game like that is not his fault he did everything he could he was he absolutely utilized the resources he had around him with Kyle Pitts Kadarius Tony who are both going to be potential first round picks in my eyes and um, he did what he could and it's just unfortunate that you know they the defense just the defensive inconsistency um, was led to their downfall in Florida not making the playoff this year so I, I feel like it should be the most valuable player and therefore Kyle Trask would get it, but he doesn't have the winning um, on his resume, I guess, but with the three losses. So then I would think it's Devonte Smith, but then Trevor Lawrence is like right there as well because of the brand. So I don't know. This could go a variety of ways. It could go to Mac Jones or Najee Harris for all we know. Like we don't know, but I would think like Mac Jones doesn't fit the brand and um, he doesn't quite have the stats of Devonte Smith, in my opinion, and and he doesn't have the stats of Kyle Trask at all. So, um, Trevor, yeah, Devonte Smith, Trevor Lawrence, it's gonna be. It looks like it's gonna be one of those two, if you if you ask me. But I do like Kyle Trask because of how valuable he was to Florida's success this season. Well, let's hope the committee gets it right, or the assembly, sorry, gets it right and gives it to Devonte Smith. I think that everybody would agree that they would be completely okay with him uh, winning it. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see a wide receiver get it too. Like, I, I would love to see that happen because Devontae Smith is such a such a fun, happy-go-lucky guy. Um, and then he, you know, the amount of separation he would get on some of those those deep routes was insane. You just see a, you just see the ball in the air, and all of a sudden Smitty's right under it, you know, running it in for a fifty-yard touchdown. You know, almost every it seemed like almost every game. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's that's Devontae Smith for you. Um, and so I think that being said, uh, any last-minute thoughts, Finn, before we jump out of here? I think that's it. I mean, uh, definitely some uh, updates with the podcast. We're going to be having some interesting series come about in the near future. Uh, one I think a lot of people will really enjoy and uh, will give insight into the life of being a student athlete right now. Um, won't say any more, but that's definitely upcoming. And then hopefully we have some uh, interesting guests come before uh, the college football playoff starts to talk a little bit more about college uh, college football and definitely give our in-depth analysis of how the playoff will go. Um, but that's it for me. What about uh, you, Jake? Yeah, no, I think I, I think I got everything off my chest. I just really wanted to explain my my reformation of the playoff because I think that system would absolutely fix it. Um, Makes more sense um, than the one yeah. now. So that being said, uh, that is going to do it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on the social media: um, Instagram at SD Sports Talk, Twitter at SD Sports Talk underscore. And um, we, we post a lot of good stuff there. So, and that's uh, where we keep you updated. So uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see.